221 will be our first song this morning. to make it through December. we not through December, the start of December. So we thank him for that. One thing I, I want to share with you, we need to stay on the narrow road, the narrow road to life. Stay with God. Uh, we know where the other road goes to destruction. We don't need to be the Encourage one another not to, not to be on the fence. We don't need to be on the fence. And at the end of this year, one thing I really want to do is thank those faithful servants. As you realize throughout the year, after the pandemic, we have been praying that we could get the church going, and we have been putting in place uh, actions to upgrade the church. There are faithful servants who come here and now they use this word. I, I, I have, you know, I don't use it that much, but we don't want our infrastructure, our buildings, our classrooms to be dated, so we have been working on that and many faithful servants have been doing it. Not just doing it on the weekends, but doing it throughout the week, and I think we should thank them for, the, for what they have done for us. Thank them with a hand of applause, please. Thank you so much. We love you. And let's all stick together. Let's stick together. And don't, don't forget about the Christmas uh, party that's coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, let me make sure. We're supposed to be here 5.30? Okay, Kevin say 5.30. Be here 5.30. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't have my, my baby blue sweater where they refer to me as Mr. Rogers, so uh, <laughs> I think I grew that, but boy, I tell you what, at those Christmas parties, we've been, we had some fun. We, Christians, 
there, there was happiness there, and I hope everyone attends. Everyone attends. And I'm going to do something. You know, I'm a, little, I'm a little out of character sometimes, so y'all just pray for me. This is what I'm going to do. If you're visiting today, you are invited. You are invited to our Christmas uh, party or Christmas dinner. Is that all right, Kevin? Well, he was soft, so. <laughs> Kevin say sign up, so sign up, because we don't want to, we don't want you to, you know, great fellowship, great food, just, just everything there that comes together is wonderful. All right. I think, uh, I think my 10 minutes is, all, is up, right? Right, uh, okay, okay. Let's go to our Heavenly Father. Father, we love you so much. Thank you, Father, for, for taking care of us, Father. Father, we pray that we continue to tell our neighbors, our friends, about what your son Jesus has done for us, Father. And Father, we remember from, from last week that question, are you ready? That hope, eternal hope. Father, we know that you're going to tell Jesus when to come back for his church. And we pray that we are ready for him. We're prepared people. We're set aside for your own choosing, Father. We are that remnant that you talk about throughout your word. We love you, Father. Be with us as we worship you in spirit and in truth. We worship in you the way you ask us to do, Father. Continue to bless us. Please, please protect our young people. Please protect our, our kids. We love them so much. And Father, be with us as we go on and worship you. Thank you, Father, for everything you have done for us and what you have done. Thank you for blessing us. Pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's convenient for you. Let's stand and sing the song together. We're going to sing the next two songs that aren't in the book, so we just on the screen. My only hope is you. This goes a lot right along with Paul's lesson this morning his Bible class. Thank uh -huh. 
Next song is Wonderful, Merciful Savior. Savior. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have fallen up rescue the souls of men. Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, comfort, and keeper, spirit we long to
Good morning, everyone. Before we bow to pray, definitely look around. There's so many people here full of love. As you go out in life, take the time to get to know the people in this world. Whether it's walking through Walmart, whether it's going to pick up your kids from school, take a second. Sometimes just saying hi can make a world of difference to somebody in their life. Let us bow. Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your understanding. We thank you for putting people around us to help remind us how important it is to lead with love. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you bestow upon us to help others. Please, Father, be with us as we go on our journeys through life. Help. Help nudge us in the right direction. And give us the opportunity to nudge others in the right direction. It's not just about trying to walk the path. It's about trying to pull others up with us. And we go in love together. Please, Father, be with Matt as he preaches the lesson today. He makes it in a way that we can clearly understand and apply to our lives. And help us, Father, to remember your son who was given for us so that we might have the opportunity to join you. Name of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen. Help prepare our minds taking Lord's Supper. We're going to see number 315 together. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to come together around this table to remember the great sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Now, as we partake of this bread, which represents this to us the broken body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may we do so in a manner well-pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us bow. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have. We pray that you will be with us as we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents to us the shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May each of us do so in a manner well pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. this time we also have the opportunity to return back to to uh, God the portion of our uh, material blessings there's boxes along the back wall where that can be can be placed at your convenience so please bow with me Heavenly Father we thank you so much for the many blessings that are ours to enjoy both spiritual and physical now as we have this opportunity to return a portion of our material blessings back to you we pray that we'll do so with a generous heart, and may this money be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. want to mark the invitation song is going to be done to 948 948 uh, and also at this time children that are two years old and younger or just missed to go back to Bible hour. Let's stand and sing number 853 together and then Matt will bring us our lesson this morning. 853.
Kevin. <laughs> Tis the season to be jolly. And if this is your season to be jolly, then this lesson is not for you. <clears throat> so I have to tell you that this is definitely my favorite time of the year. We actually went and saw um, lights at the uh, Speedway in Daytona. Um, we do that pretty much every year, and I have decided after going there this year that next year I'm going to do the, um, like the light tunnel. I'm doing that over my driveway. So every day I'm going to pull in at night into my tunnel of lights because there's just something about that for me. But you know, life is full of seasons. This is just one of those times where we talk about the season a lot. I mean, after all, it is right in the middle of the football season, which leads to the bowl season. But uh, I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there in a minute. We're going to go ESPN for a second. But let's just talk about year-round first. Right? Anybody who's an outdoorsman knows that there are seasons to everything. There are times when you can go get deer. There are times when you can go get turkey. And the way you guys get turkey, it's just mean. It's just mean. Those, those male turkeys, they think they're about to have the time of their life and then boom. Gator season. That's a fun season. I think it just is part of my roots to hunt gators. <clears throat> and then, of course, with fishing as well. You know, you can't just go out and catch a snook. There's windows for that. And then, you know, red snapper used to be um, a thing that people could just catch. And now you get like a weekend. But there's seasons to life. Okay. Here we go. What time is it? All right. There's also seasons in sports. We all play in these seasons. Most of us grew up playing sports probably or something as a hobby. There are seasons to it. And, and you know, football is a special. It's special because it's got multiple seasons within the season. Right? You've got the regular season, and then you've got the, the championship weekend, and then you've got the bowl season, and then you've got the playoffs. And I bet everybody here right now is wondering, oh my word, who's going to get in? Who's going to get in? Oh, I'm going to say something. It's going to be controversial. And you're not going to like it. Some of you aren't going to like it, but you're going to know at the end of this that what I'm telling you is the truth. You know why? Because I'm a player. All right. All right, here we go. Who's in? Who's in? Who's in? You know, I almost wore a Florida State polo under this, and I was just going to rip it off in this moment. And I thought somebody would just get mad at me for doing that. It would be too showy or something. But who's in? Well, if you look at just um, the games that they've 
played against each other, right? Well, you got three teams that are undefeated and, and in my opinion, clearly should be in, but obviously I'm biased. And certain teams just aren't passing what they call the eye test. The eye test? We're going to get there too? Okay. But if you just take the teams that are, have one loss, you've got three teams that are or, or you could say four, okay, four. When you want to add Ohio State, add Ohio State. But Michigan-Ohio State was probably one of the lamest games of the season for me. Just my opinion. Two guys who, who's my second string quarterback's probably better than their first. But uh, uh, anyway, um, I told you I'm going to make some of you upset. It's okay. But you got four teams with one loss. Three teams with one loss who, by the way, just so happened to have a little bit of history this year, right? You've got Georgia with one loss now, who just got beat last night by Alabama. I get it, two-time defending champion, I get it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, this team this year is not as good as the team last year. And if you're not willing to admit that, then you're biased. I already admitted I'm biased, okay? Alabama, who just beat Georgia now, they are the SEC championship. And, and if anybody wants to argue that the SEC is not the best conference in football, then you're biased. Because they are. Just look at the records. But are they the best this year? I don't know. Look at their out-of-conference games. Not quite as strong as they used to be. But Alabama beats Georgia. And then you add Texas into the mix, and what do you have there? Oh, I don't know. You have a game a few weeks ago where Texas comes into Alabama's home stadium and beats them head-to-head. -head. Okay. Who's in? Who's in? Now you got Florida State, who's on their third-string quarterback. And oh, by the way, went into the swamp with their second-string quarterback, who I'll admit isn't the greatest in the world. But guess what? They won. And then they go into the ACC championship with their third-string quarterback, who's a true freshman and looked awful, threw for 55 yards total. And they won. So you got three teams that are undefeated. You got four teams with one loss. Who's in? You only get to pick four teams. Now I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be quiet about that. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to walk away from this slide. But when guys in a room are making a decision on who gets to be in the playoffs versus coaches and players on the fields, and records don't matter anymore, it is not a sport if it's about an eye test, it's a beauty pageant. You gonna make football a beauty pageant? Ah, you're not gonna hear that on ESPN. You know why you're not gonna hear that on ESPN? Because the guys who are talking about football, college football on ESPN, they're beholden to their conferences too. Don't ever forget that. You know what it is? I'm gonna say it. Fake news. That's what it is. Kirk Herbstreet is always going to be beholden to the Big Ten. Uh, okay, I'm going to get off of it. I could speak on this. I could preach a sermon on this. But I'm not going to. I did. I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> all right. All right. That was only five minutes. 
All right, but it's, it is. Seasons are seasons, right? Life goes through seasons. We see it in the change of the seasons. This is important as well to farmers. Farmers depend on the change of the seasons. Our livelihood depends on the change of the seasons. And guess what? Your life as well goes through seasons. Some of you are at the um, latter stages of your seasons and some of you are at the very beginning of your seasons and there is so much lying in front of you but life goes through seasons we all go through seasons and guess what next year there will be a 12 team playoff and nobody will be whining because if you're the 13th team out you should have played better all right i'm moving on i'm going to try to move on I wanted to look at three people today. I wanted to look at David, I wanted to look at Solomon, and I want to look at Job. Those are the three we're gonna look at today. Because I want you to look at seasons from a perspective that um, shares with you kind of some of the different seasons that we go through in life. I think it's so important to recognize this. You know, I want to tell you that who you are today, it doesn't dictate who you will be tomorrow. No differently than who you were yesterday and as far as you were, as, as different as you are now than you were then dictates your future. Life is seasons. You can have, and you're going to have good ones, you're going to have bad ones. There are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. There are going to be great victories and there are going to be failures. There are going to be things you're proud of your whole life and there are going to be things you regret your whole life. There is this ebb and flow in life and in seasons. And I got to tell you something, it comes at you in different ways as well. You know what I've seen in my experience in church is people don't recognize the season. They want to put what somebody's going through or the time that they're in in their life as a label for that person. Instead of recognizing it as a season where people can change. You know, Nick was talking last week about um, Bearing fruit, and one of the things I, I thought he said that was extremely profound to me was, you know, the idea of God pruning and us being the plant that God is pruning. And what is the point of pruning? Even though it hurts, even though it feels like um, you're going through a tough time, you prune something because it bears more fruit the next time. It increases the health of the plant. That's why you do it. And I thought that was profound. So I, I want you to be thinking about these things as we go through this discussion really quick. Psalm 1 is where we're going to start. This is David. And I want you to see the season that David is talking about. It says, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. So he's talking about a man that is going through a struggle. What is his struggle? His struggle is temptation. That's his struggle. 
He's talking about us in general. Guess what? We go through these seasons of temptation. We go through these seasons where life has got us down, where we're a little weak. Maybe it's from doubt. Maybe it's from confusion. Maybe it's just because you're angry. There's a lot of reasons. Things in life are not always going to go right. Merry Christmas. And because of that, it can create seasons. Seasons of struggle, again, seasons of doubt, seasons of temptation. And David talks about the man who's, who's, and you can see, and I've pointed this out many times, but you can see the progression of the man. At one point, he's walking by, observing something. And at another point, he finds himself, instead of just walking by it, now he's standing and looking. And before long, he's so comfortable in that situation of sin, in that temptation, that he's sitting in it. He says, don't be that guy. Don't be that person. Be the person that is planted by streams of water. What water? How about the life-giving water? How about the river of life? How about the water that if I gave it to you, you would thirst no more? The living water. Be planted by that. And in your seasons, you will yield fruit. It doesn't say you're going to yield fruit every time. It doesn't say you're going to yield fruit every day. It says in your season, when the time is right, you will yield fruit. We see this all the time. There are some plants that can yield fruit year round, but the majority of plants, they yield in their season. I want you to look at this too at the bottom. He says, in all that he does, he prospers. Now I want you to understand something about this word prosper here. It does not guarantee, it's not guaranteed success. It's not guaranteed success. It's not saying that in everything you do, you will only be victorious. It's not saying that in everything you do, nothing's going to go wrong for you. If you're just good enough, nothing will go wrong for you. That's not what it's saying. If that's what you're reading, we're going to get to that guy Job in a minute. But there are seasons of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul writes this, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. He's, he's telling you, don't think that you've come to a place where sin cannot tempt you anymore. Because when you get to that place where you feel like you are above sin, that's when it's going to get you. No temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now I want you to think about something. Sometimes we go through seasons of temptation out of our own devices. And sometimes we go through seasons of temptation because God knows you're strong enough. And you need to endure it. You say, Matt... God doesn't do that. Explain to me who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Who led him there? It was the Spirit of God. Some of you are going to say, well, that's just Jesus. No, 
You live in this world. God is in complete control. You say, well, God doesn't want bad things to happen to me. That's true. But the world does. Satan does. And therefore, at times, we're going to go through seasons of struggle. It's just a reality. Now, I want you to remember that in those times, there is a way of escape. But you've got to look for it or you will never find it. And when you find it, you have to be honest with yourself in your own heart of hearts to get yourself out of it. Or you can be like that man who's walking by, sitting, standing, and eventually just embrace it. It's just who I am. Remember this too. It is not beyond your ability. Whatever your struggle is, whatever you're dealing with, whatever is going on with you, if you're in one of these seasons of temptation and you feel like, I want to get out of it, I just don't know how. Maybe you've even said, you know what, God, why did you make me this way? I know I've prayed that before in my life, I'll be honest. Why did you make me this way? How come when I speak, I can't do it in a way that's not passionate in an elders meeting? It's true. Ask anybody who's one of the elders. They'll tell you. Matt's a little crazy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> because I am passionate. I've told you before. My zealousness is my issue. God, why did you make me this way? Well, if I see it as a weakness and I just continue to blame God instead of trying to make, take corrections or look for the way to change and just keep pushing it to why did you make am I not just sitting in it have I not just accepted it or am I trying to change first Peter says this I know guys I know I know I know we're going to get to the happy Christmas stuff in a couple weeks, okay? Some of you are thinking, I came for this. I don't know. Tis the season to be jolly, Matt. This isn't very jolly. First Peter says this, be sober-minded, be watchful, be sober-minded. Sober-minded doesn't mean don't drink too much at the Christmas party. Sober-minded means of your own judgment of yourself. Just like he says, don't think you can't fall because the day, day you say sin can't get a hold of me is the day you're going to fall. Just like he says that, that's exactly where Peter starts. Be sober-minded about yourself. I promise you, every room you go in, you are not the best person in the room. I promise. Especially not the rooms I'm in. I'm just kidding. That was me being prideful and arrogant. I was just a... Some of y'all were thinking it, though, maybe. I don't know. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Be alert. Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen, Satan is scheming all around you. Don't be fooled. You're not as insignificant as you think. In fact, you are very significant. Not just to God. 
But just as much as God wants you, evil wants to destroy you. I just want to be honest with you. So be sober-minded. I'm not going to say it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't imply let's not go out and get drunk and be stupid. But don't just put it all on that because that's not all that it's saying. It says your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That sounds like somebody that wants to destroy you. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, Peter doesn't forget who's in control. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Don't you forget who's in control. I'm going to tell you this too. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever it is going on in your life that's got you to the place to where you think you can't tell anybody, you've got to keep it a secret because nobody else will understand, that's the lie of he who is seeking to devour you. Anything that you're dealing with in your life is common and is happening to people all over the world that love Jesus and can't figure it out. But he wants you to feel like you're alone. That's why Peter says, don't you forget whatever you're going through in your life, you're not alone. All right, let's go to Solomon. Solomon, I picked this scripture, you know, this is a scripture that I feel like nine times out of ten, if you've heard it read, it's only been at a funeral. And I will say, there's a lot of comfort that comes from this scripture at a funeral. It, does, it is a perfect scripture for a funeral. But this scripture is not really just talking about death. This scripture is talking about all kinds of things in life. If you go and you look at it, what you will see is there is something really good, a really good occasion, and then potentially a very somber or sad occasion. And that's what Solomon is playing with, you know, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs of life. For goodness sake, do you remember when you had your first child? What a day. Right? What a day. Yeah. Now, once they became teenagers, you probably were thinking, rethinking that day. <laughs> Nathan's getting there right now. And I still wouldn't trade it for the world. But you also think about that person that you loved immensely. And you've had to deal with their loss because they've died. What a day from another side of the coin, right? And you know why I'm talking about this today? Some of you are going, this is a really odd time. It's actually not an odd time. You know, Christmas is a very difficult season for a lot of people. At the end of the day, Christmas is a day that reminds people of the people that aren't there, that they loved immensely, just like we're just talking about. Christmas is a, is a season that brings up really good memories and also can bring up really sad things in our, in our lives. 
And this might be the season you're in. You know, in fact, I really wrote this because a member of the church here wrote me about a person that was going through a terrible season. A real struggle. And I want him to know that he's not alone. And although there are times where I can't give you the exact explanation of why did this happen or, or why did that happen, for goodness sakes, we've had our own tragedy in our own lives and we still don't know exactly why things happened the way they did. But I want to bring this up real quick. Look at verse 4. I know some of you, some of you are in that place. In every holiday season, you get to that place. You just can't help it. Even when you're not thinking about it, it just brings you back to that place. Sometimes it takes your spouse or a family member saying, hey, you're in that place before you even realize you are. I get it. We deal with that. Amy's sister was a Christmas Eve baby. We deal with it. And we still deal with it. And it's been years of dealing with it before I've had the courage to say this, but I feel like God's put it on my heart, not just for my own family, but for the whole congregation. So I'm going to say from here, because she can't hit me from this far away. Yeah, I know she will. But it does say this, look, there's a time to weep, but there's still a time to laugh. And there is a time to mourn, but there's still a time to dance. And all I'm saying to you is, don't let these moments take away those other times. Laugh and dance, even though at times you feel like weeping and mourning. All right. James 1 says this. Now, he's a little stronger than me. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, let me ask you, can you count it all joy in the midst of your various trials? Who, can, who is, who is going to come up to me and go, hey, Matt, I just lost my job. Yeah. Some of you might actually. You're like, man, I've been waiting for this day. I couldn't pull the trigger myself, but thank you. Right? <laughs> that's rare. You've got to be in a bad place if that's where you're at. Oh. You know, I just found out that I've got this um, health issue. Yeah. You know, last night was an ugly game. I promised I wasn't going to talk about it, but I just, I just, it's just in my head. I'm going to tell you, when that final whistle rang, as ugly as it was, yeah. Real joy. Real joy. 
can we be joyful in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of the ups and downs? Can we be just as joyful in the Lord when we're on the peak as we are in the valley? Can we be joyful in all circumstances? Oh, that is a challenge. Knowing that everything we go through in this life, the good and the bad, are leading us to a place that is more like Christ. Can we at least take comfort and joy in that? First Peter 4, Beloved, do not be surprised. Yet and again, another strong scripture. I wish I could just ignore these because they're so tough in ways. But beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. He says, don't be surprised when life throws you something that's absolutely awful. Don't be surprised when things fall apart, when things don't go your way. Don't be surprised. Wow, thanks for the encouragement. He says, in fact, when that happens, you know what we do? We come across as people that are acting like something strange. Like, God, why would you do this to me? You ever been in that place? I've been in that place. You ever been in that place? God, why would you let this happen to me? What have I done to make this happen to me? Why not somebody else? Why did it have to be me? Don't let it be strange, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. He says, even in your worst moments, understand this. There is nothing you're experiencing that Christ didn't already experience for you. Nothing. And then let's go through Job. And we got to go through Job quick. And I knew we were going to have to go through Job quick, especially after the game last night. I knew I was going to get talking to it about it too much. Well, let's go through it quick. Let's just get the gist. Job loses his wealth, his children, and his health. Like, now. Job loses his wealth, his children, and his health. Let that sink in, because most of you, this would ruin your life if you just lost one of them. He loses all three. And then, in his time where he's got to be miserable, depressed, in a terrible place, and he needs somebody to encourage him. His wife, oh, oh, it's your fault, right? It's your fault. I don't know what you did, Job, but whatever you did, you might as well curse God and die. It's your fault. All this that we're going through right now, it's your fault. Hey, Job, why do you think you're the one with all the health problems and I'm not? It's your fault. Must have done something. God would never do this to anybody unless they did something wrong. It has to be your fault. And guess what? Right when he's like, ah, my wife, man, she's wrong. And you know, you husbands have never thought that once in your life. And he goes to get backing from his friends. You know, she's wrong. They're like, nope, she's right. It's your fault. God would never let this happen to anybody if they're really as good as you pretend to be. wasn't his fault. In fact, if there was anything that was his fault, it was actually being so righteous that God says, 
have you considered my servant Job? He was that good. If he's at fault for anything, it's being that good. It's being that righteous. That God knew what? It's not going to tempt him beyond what he can stand. That he could stand the test of the devil who was going to come at him as severely as God would possibly let him. And you know what? He goes through a season of righteousness. He goes through a season of suffering. And then he goes through a season of redemption and restoration. Sometimes it's easier to go through something when you know you put yourself in the situation. When you know it was your choices, your actions that led you to that place, that's a little bit easier to understand. That's a little bit easier to, um, to recognize, to, to deal with. But what happens when everything's going right and all of a sudden the world throws you a curveball and something drastically goes wrong? I want you to remember this scripture. Matthew 5, 45, Jesus said this himself. He said, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Do you know what God is saying? Jesus himself has just told you that life, it's not fair. And you can be the best person in the world and bad things can happen to you. You can be the worst person in the world and good things can happen to you. Life is not fair. And nothing is guaranteed. So here you go. If you're in a season like David, I want to remind you of these things that we just discussed. But if you're in a season like David, if you're struggling with temptation, if you're struggling to change, you know who you want to be. Paul said it the best. I know who I want to be. I know the things I want to do, but the things I want to do are not the things I do. But the things I don't want to do are the things I keep going and doing. If you're in that type of season where you're in that struggle of temptation, he says, don't get comfortable with sin. Don't get comfortable with sin. Plant yourself in God. Meditate on his word. Resist temptation. Look for the way of escape. Remember you're not alone. And it's all within your ability to overcome with God. Don't ever forget that. If you're in a season like Solomon, you know, and life just is what it is. My favorite saying, it is what it is. Can't change it now. The scriptures say, don't be surprised. Don't let it sneak up on you and become something that is the strange thing that's happening to you. Unfortunately, life isn't fair, and unfortunately, nothing is guaranteed. This is reality. And you know, I want to bring this up real quick. Anybody snowbird? I know we got some snowbirds. You can try to run from the season. And it might not be winter in Michigan, but it's still winter in Florida. Do you understand what I'm telling you? So don't be surprised. Remember, there is a time and season for everything. Don't let your trials steal your joy. And I say let because 
That is in your power. That is your choice. You can let your trials steal your joy or you can be joyful in the midst of your trials. As hard as that is, as hard as that is. And I'm going to say this too. Mourning and contemplation are part of the process. So don't, don't feel like you can't take time to mourn. Don't feel like you can't take time to have those deep thoughts and ask those hard questions to God. Because I'm going to tell you that those lead to some of the greatest mind-blowing moments of your life. And don't forget that we all share in the sufferings of Christ. We all do in our own ways. You know, the one thing I want to say, and, and I'm sorry if this is hitting some people in a place they didn't want to approach today, but... One of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in ministry is when someone has to bury their child. It's not the way things are supposed to work. It's not what you grow up and in your planning of your life. It's not something that you think about. It's not even something you want to think about. It's not something you will think about unless you have to cross that bridge. I don't have much comfort in those moments, but one thing I will tell you is we all share in the sufferings of Christ and God had to let his son die too. And last but not least, if you are in a season like Job, to me, this is the hardest season to understand. Like I said, there's no rational way to explain it. Job, he tries to figure it out multiple times. And you know where it leads him to? It leads him to a place where he starts to question God. Well, where did that get him? It got him to a place where he realized that questioning God was foolish. There was no point in questioning God, for God knows so much more than we know. And there's just going to be things in life that we can't fully understand. We don't have the full picture. We don't know why it's going to happen. And I don't care how much you study the Bible, how much you pray about it. You might not ever find the right answer for God. Why did this happen? It's the hardest season to understand. But I can tell you this, you know how you get through it? You recognize the fact that God is in control and you trust him. You remain steadfast. And you wait for redemption and restoration. And don't forget this, no matter what you're going through in life, we always have hope in God's love. Tis the season. You know what this season's about? It's about birth. It's about renewal. It's about redemption. It's about restoration. It's about joy. It's about peace. It's about God's love. For God made him who had no sin to become our sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood?
Have you been given the gift of the Holy Spirit? God dwelling in you, you becoming a member of the church, one of the bricks on the wall, if you will. Part of the body of Christ. And for those of us who have, if you're going through a season, remember you're not alone. Remember that God is with you. And remember that there are times to be real and sad and recognize, and there are also still times to be joyful and loving and excited. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas season. And if there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come as we, together we stand and sing. It is a tough time. It's holidays are a tough time on a lot of us. Um, it's a tough time to acknowledge it. I know sometimes for me things are too busy to even enjoy any of it. So uh, thanks for the acknowledgement. It's, it's reality, but uh, there's always a reason to celebrate. Some celebrate 24-7, 365 or 6, whatever the year is. So it's also says the season. Grab yourself a bullet, and you'll see what that all adds up to. We'll start with some of that um, holiday stuff. Hey, we'll crank out that stuff first. Um, on Thursday, it's the Senior Adult White Elephant Party. The Senior Adult White Elephant Party is on the front. Where is it? There it is. Nope, that's not it. There it is. It starts at 11 o'clock this Thursday. It's here in the fellowship room for senior adults. It's a white elephant gift. I saw the definition of the white elephant gift is something that you have in your home that you have loved, 
but no longer need, and you hope that someone else will love. So, so bring something like that. So, what is that? Who knows? Maybe that ornament or or something like that that somebody gave you at one time, um, a brass elephant that sits on your shelf. Who knows what it is? But bring those. Those will be the gifts, and they're going to eat um, something. What are you going to eat? Provided meat, bring the sides. There's a sign-up sheet. Don't eat the sign-up sheet. Somebody has done that before. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet, bring sides, and there's a provided meat. So go with that. On Saturday, we're going to have our Christmas party here at the building. It's a uh, the fiestivity start at 5.30, and the fiesta starts at 6. So come join with that, and there's a sign-up sheet for that too, right? So bring sides. No, not sides. Yeah. Entree and sides are provided. Bring desserts, desserts and drinks to go with that. So that'll be Saturday, 5.30, later. The Mount Dora Christmas party will be here the following Saturday on the 16th. We'll worry about that at that time. Um, food pantry is tomorrow. Our food pantry is tomorrow. Um, we're packing bread today. Packing bread in the back, so we want to help out the, the neighborhood. Uh, back in the back help pack up some bread we help 150 plus maybe as many as 200 families each week so help with that the bread's uh, courtesy of Pulvix basically uh, and we uh, we give that stuff away so help with that packing that stuff up on Tuesday they're gonna clean the carpets on the down the hallway I think the fellowship room so we're gonna kind of ask if people not spend too much time here at the building on Tuesday so Hope to make that look a little, a little nicer. It's been a while since we've done that kind of thing. Um, also, um, the worst keeps one of the worst kept secrets here. Um, one of the worst kept secrets is what we collect money for a preacher is for each year. Um, see one of the elders. We're carrying that. And we're going to pass it on to Matt, Matt at the holiday party. Uh, also, Nicaragua. Dennis is collecting money for what he calls Sarepta, and they uh, they bless some of their. Uh, Poor members, I hate to use that word, um, economically deprived members, they bless them with food and stuff at this time of year. And the Srepta, as uh, Larry researched for us, comes from the story in uh, 1 Kings 17, the story of the widow who was down to a handful of flour and some oil, and she gave that to uh, Elijah. Right, Elijah? Yeah. So it comes from that. Some versions of the Bible say Srepta, some say Zarephath. So... It comes from that. It's a time of when we don't have much, but you help out those who even have even less. Um, tonight, Matt is going to go to SunQuest Untie. Dyslexic, sorry. <laughs> SunQuest Unite. That's over at the Bible camp. He's taking some of the junior and senior high kids, so he's going to go with that. Nick Idings from East Orange will be here to speak tonight again. So come join us if you can. Um, We'll get down to the prayers list, too. Um, I think the, the bulletin is about as up-to-date as I could get it. Based on all the information I had, the sick list was updated early this morning. Uh, other than Arliss. Arliss uh, Nobles, I understand Arliss tested positive for the Rona, but she's asymptomatic, so that's a good thing. She doesn't have any symptoms, but she just she did test positive. She's staying out of the way. Um, the Mosaic updates to highlight. Um, so you think about them, so you do pray for them. I try to keep a prayer list on Facebook each week and keep that updated through the week. So if you got time to look at it, pray for people, and uh, those updates will be there. Uh, Mitzi's blood work numbers are up, and she's in full treatment mode. 
they put a permanent drain in so they can uh, take care of that. Uh, so it just takes care of itself and she doesn't have to go to the hospital each week to have her lungs drained. Uh, John Larson has the cancer around his eye. I know he's supposed to see the doctors. They've got a board when you get in oncology type stuff. They've got a board that makes a decision that's best for John. Um, and I know he's supposed to see them. Was it last week, this week? This week. He's supposed to see that this week. And that's a scary time. Um, but rest assured, they'll do what's best for John. And Sherry Ann. <laughs> Don't forget that either. So Beverly Seal had hip surgery on Monday. She is in no pain. Jimmy reminded me that she is doing well. She's in Orlando for some, uh, what's the word I'm looking, therapy, some rehab, rest. That's probably what she's looking for. She'll be there for a few more days and she'll come back home. Uh, David Farr, the preacher over at Concord Street, had an unexpected uh, brain surgery this past week. He had a brain tumor, I understand. He had a picture on Facebook with his head wrapped up, thanking everybody for their prayers. Uh, he's hoping to get home to his family and kids very soon. Lillian Lawrence, former member here, is in the hospice house. Um, keep her in your prayers if, you, if your memory goes back that far. And Rose King, Bertha's sister, had reconstructive knee surgery yesterday. Tom Eichmeyer, friend of Jay Collins, um, had a PET scan this past week and he's beginning his final round of chemo this coming week. So he says he feels pretty good, all things considered. And one, one other one on there is Alfred Arthur, the son of Wanda Bauer. Um, he's supposed to see an oncologist about a mass in his lung. Um, his um, paranoia got to him, and he couldn't go to the doctor. Pray for that. Pray for that. You can't, you can't go any farther unless you can see them. So. Keep everyone in your prayers. Like I say, it's a season to rejoice, but it's also a season that's, that's tough on a lot of people. Uh, join us again tonight, Nick Idings at 6 o'clock. Nick's going to speak. And then on Wednesday, we're back to Proverbs. It's been a while. We're back to Proverbs for a little while on Wednesday.
be pleasing to you, have been pleasing to you, and we pray for the ones that couldn't be here. And as we go out into the world this week, may we be a shining light for all the world to see in Christ's name. Amen. I will see the